Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunadian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly, alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. Today, we're thrilled to have Key McKay, an inspiring entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, and business operations consultant. With over 15 years of diverse industry experience, he brings a wealth of knowledge and insight to our show. From her early days as an entrepreneur in high school to leading her own companies, Key's journey is a testament to the power of determination and innovation. Join us as we dive into her fascinating story, exploring the intersection of entrepreneurship, personal growth, and Christian values. Get ready for an episode filled with practical advice, inspiring stories, and Key's unique perspective on building a successful, values-driven business. Wow, Key, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me, Dean, and I look forward to this conversation. Me too. And, you know, with your extensive background as a TEDx speaker, I believe, a business operation consultant and entrepreneur coach, what actually inspired you to enter these fields? And how have your experiences shaped your current approach? So I am an immigrant. I was born in Guyana. Growing up there, my parents owned their own business. When we moved here to America, they um, basically joined the workforce and became employees. Uh, growing up and seeing the dynamics of what life is like with parents who are business owners and then seeing the dynamics of parents who are employees, 
the quality of work balance life like drastically shifted. When we lived in Guyana, family life looked like whatever holidays, kids leave school, like our parents' schedule worked around that. When we moved here, it was the opposite. It was like their work schedule, like family have to work around work schedule. And so for me, that was very hard because it was like at the point in my life, like teenage, you know, like going through teenage years and like moving to America and it's like a cultural shift. Like there's all these weird dynamics happening all at the same time when you're trying to navigate them. But your parents is like in survival mode and trying to figure out how to pay the bills and how to keep up. And so for me, it was like that left a really nasty taste in my mouth and a different perspective about what it meant to be an employee. And I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a business owner. I don't care what it costs me. I cannot be an employee. Um, long story short, I started out my entrepreneur journey in high school. Um, and then that followed me all the way through college. My sophomore year of college, I dropped out, started uh, because I started a marketing company while I was in college and that like took off. So I dropped out sophomore year to focus completely on the company. And boy, did I make some mistakes. And here we are now. <laughs> wow. Entrepreneur in high school. What the heck? That's awesome. If I had that title in high school, I'd be like a millionaire by now. Billionaire. <laughs> That is amazing, though. Um, for me, I had the opposite. I actually was into partying and drinking and drugs in high school. And then in college, I dropped out because not because I was doing another business like you, but because I wanted to party more. And it wasn't until like in my 40s now that I'm into the entrepreneurial space. But I love it, though. I actually love it. And I do not like being an employee as well. And I think that's why I got into the massage business, the spa business, because I'm not there. No one's there telling me like going over my shoulder. This is how you have to massage the client. This is how you have to do it. You know, all these different things. And I'm noticing a lot of people these days are leaping, leaving the corporate world and getting into their own business. Do you notice that? I have. And I think when COVID happened, a lot of people really had time to sit back. And the thing that they kept saying to themselves year after year, like, I don't like this job. I need a new job. Or I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to go on vacation. Like the, the things that they kept saying I'll get to later, I feel like COVID accelerated that. And it's like being locked in the house made you go like, what if today really is my last day on earth? I would have literally not done anything I wanted to do. And so I feel like that really like pushed a lot of people to just like, it can't get any worse than this. Like we survived COVID. Right. Yes. And then people were starting to realize, you know, I actually have other talents and gifts that I never knew I had before because we had that time to pause and just to reflect on ourselves and say, hey, you know, I like doing things differently. I don't want to be doing how uh, what people are telling me what to do all the time. I want to use my own mind and my own creative thinking. And that's what I appreciate business coaches and mentors like yourself to help us with our own business. Now, um, what are some key strategies you found that are most effective in enhancing business growth and establishing a strong brand identity? I think it really depends on the on the business because like every industry has things that are specific to that industry. Um, so we can get really specific about it, but just like a general overview, I think really a lot of times when entrepreneurs start out in the journey, they, they forget to ask themselves, or I don't know if sometimes they even know to ask themselves, what is my long-term aim with this? Um, because that really determines how you position yourself. For example, if you're like, listen, I just want to be a solo entrepreneur. I don't want to be bothered with hiring employees the route that you take and the solutions that you put in place will be drastically different than someone who's like, 
I'm a big idea person. Like I, I have the vision, I have the idea, but in terms of executing all this stuff and the magnitude of this idea, I can't carry this out by myself. I'll need employees. And so like, let's look at those two templates from the beginning. Somebody who's looking like, I just want to be solo entrepreneur, but at the same time, you still want to have that professional branding, really taking the route of personal branding um, and focusing on telling your story, why you got in the business, what makes you different. Because at the end of the day, the work that you do, like, for example, if you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a life coach, there's only so many different things you could do with life coaching, but the key element to being a life coach that makes your brand stand out versus somebody else, it's really you. It's not the life coaching itself because the results still come if you're doing what you're proclaiming that you can do, but the difference in that scenario is you. Whereas if you are a small business owner, um, maybe you have a retail food store, um, the things that's going to be important is really your business operation processes. Like, do you have um, a proper website set up that's also integrated with your point of sale system in the store so that as you're selling things in the store and you're selling things online, your inventory is like accurately updated and matching. So the approach to those two things will be different, but it starts with asking yourself, what's my long-term plan? Am I going solo entrepreneur, small business? Am I trying to take the route of building this so I can license the brand and sell it off to other people? Or do I really just want to scale this enough to make, to show that it's a profitable venture and then sell it off to somebody who want to do the hard work of taking it to the next level? Right. Yeah, no, no, this is great because I was curious because I don't like, I don't have a product service business is more like mine is like a coaching, but I've niched it down to where it's specifically dealing with women who are either recovering from alcohol or are sober curious. And so I notice a lot of like women, well, because I've been working with to work with women, uh, entrepreneurial women, they have to niche things down, like niche it down in order for them to be like seen or heard. Otherwise, you know, there's so many life coaches. What differentiates this one versus this one? And I think by us telling our own story, it really will then resonate with other with other people who are like, okay, yeah, I do want to work with them. <laughs> right. And so I think also networking helps a lot and is also crucial in business. Now, could you actually provide some insights and tips on how to foster meaningful connections uh, within the business community? I, you know, when we talk about networking, usually people fall into one of three categories. Either one, they are absolutely terrified by it. Two, they think that networking means sales. So they'll, for example, join a chamber of conference and if within a couple of months they aren't getting sales, then they stop showing up to the Chamber of Commerce meetings or they go there expecting that this means I'm going to get a bunch of sales and then I don't have to do any work um, in terms of actually doing sales myself. Or they, they're they kind of just like going through these networking circles, doing the cliche thing, handing out business cards and thinking the more I show up and the more I give a business card, it'll result in some, some sort of um, goal that I'm trying to achieve. I find that having a purpose for why you're networking and having various circles for different purposes. So for example, I am really, and knowing also your strengths and your weakness. Like I started out um, with being an in-person person because my background stems from sales. So a lot of what I did in the early part of my business was like door-to-door -door selling, phone selling, like it was a lot of sales. And so I'm not really comfortable with talking to people 
Whereas somebody else who started their business online and they really have built a community online, their strong suit might not be showing up to an in-person meeting. And so knowing where you're most comfortable, I think that that's most important to start with. So for example, if you're really good with the online thing and you can really, you're comfortable with sending a message and having a conversation and being turned down, um, then really focus on online networking and find different circles in online communities that gives you, that strengthens you in different aspects of your business. Know that networking is not selling. Networking helps you do one of two things. Either it will help you to build a relationship to achieve set purpose. For example, if you're, if you're having an um, issue with accounting and you start to network with various different accounting groups, then you're most likely to find a qualified accountant who can help you to get your books and orders, et cetera. If you're having a problem with sales, networking in sales group will help you to learn from salespeople, but then it also helps you to, to have a place to fall back to and say, hey, I'm starting to build out my sales team. I don't really know what I'm doing or I need some advice. Can you guide me? Because you're in a network group full of salespeople, you're likely to find one or two people who can give you really good advice about how to build your sales team. So having specific networking groups for specific purpose makes a big difference. But then also, again, if your strong suit is, I am really good with talking to people in person, know that and use it to your strength. And so you want to look at different types of groups. Again, each group have a different purpose. So like me, I have I have groups that I go to that are like mastermind group. I only really have two of those. The point of me joining or being in those places is I have, the, it's filled with people who are at a higher level than me and they've already gone to where I want to go to. So I, I go into those places and, hey, this is my weak spot. This is what I'm dealing with. I have a question about this. And because they've already journeyed down that road, they can help me with that. But then I have groups where I'm in that group because it's a weak area for me. So for me, my like finances was one of the things I really sucked at. Like personal finances, I sucked at it. Naturally, when I got into business, I sucked at business finances because I sucked at personal finances. So I joined a, um, like three different groups in finances. I joined a group that, that helped me with personal finances. I, help, I joined a group that helped with business finances. And then I had just a group where it's just like, we're all learning together. And so just putting myself in those different places and spaces helped me to strengthen that weakness. And then obviously as you're growing in business, you're growing in life, your strengths and weaknesses will change, they'll evolve. And so you'll obviously change the circles you're in. I hope yes. that answers your question. Absolutely. Yes. I like to always say you you go where you grow. <laughs> You want to make, I always say you want to make sure that uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, <laughs> and, unless you're the professor or the mentor or teacher or somebody, but it's always good to go to these networking places that you can learn from. I always like to go where I'm scared. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I belong here. Well, then that means I belong there because I'm a little fearful of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I always like to step into that fear because I always like to overcome that fear. Be like, you know what? I did it. What's next? Bring it on. <laughs> no. Yeah. Before we go to the next question, in on the note of networking groups, sometimes people will join these groups and they'll think like it's going to automatically generate in sales. A lot of times it's not about the sale. It's about just being in the room. Like the more you show up in the room, the more people get to know you and the more they get to understand what, what you're able to offer. And I've gotten so many referrals, so many opportunities just from being in the room and people knowing my name. And then they're like, oh, she's always showing up. So by default, I'm the one getting the lead because the other people aren't showing up. 
And so it's like just being there sometimes will serve as your advantage. But then obviously you don't just want to be there. You want to be good at what you do. You want to be qualified to be there. So you want to show that you're constantly getting better. Right. Yes. Because business is like relationships, you know, so when you're going there and you're showing up and you're showing up, people are recognizing and seeing you. And then they'll remember like, oh yeah, she does this. Like, for example, because I'm talking to you right now. And if anyone were to ask me, oh, I need help with some, my business, you know, I'm not good with finances. And I'll be like, key, oh, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're showing up. <laughs> so, yes. And um, so you are, found you're the founder and ceo of is it guyanese swag and mckee's or mckee's mckee's music lessons um now could you actually share a pivotal moment or a lesson that you actually learned during this entrepreneurial journey for yourself yeah um so when i started when my husband and i started mckee's music um for this we started that business it was off of the backbone of one of my biggest failures so remember earlier in the conversation, I told you I dropped out of college to pursue um, this marketing company that I started. Well, my freshman year of college, I got heavily into nightclub promoting. Um, and that's where the marketing company was born because I was so good at just marketing for these various nightclubs. I built a company out of it. Because I got good at that, I, I loved the marketing and the sales, but I didn't necessarily like the nightlife. So I transitioned fully into that marketing company. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm making money in marketing, but I want to take this money and invest it into something else so that I can keep growing financially. At that time, I had like a big love for shoes. Like shoes was like my thing that I did. So it was like the little treat that I gave myself all the time. So I decided I'm, I'm going to open up a retail shoe store. I knew a little bit about retail, meaning like I worked at a retail store, but I, I didn't necessarily know how to operate a retail store. So I knew how to source products. I knew how to market. I knew the customer service, uh, but I didn't understand the business operation side of things. And because I didn't understand that, when I tell you that business failed, like within three months of opening the store, it closed because I didn't understand business operation. Like I, I, I didn't have the proper processes in place. When it went to hiring people to help me manage the stores, I was making just all kinds of different mistakes that cost me so, like, so badly financially that basically I bankrupted that business in three months. It was a big, like, embarrassment, public failure, like, family failure. Like, it was just everything humiliating that I can associate with that moment came with it. And I took, a, like, a hiatus, and I'm like, okay, I need to figure this out because I got burnt really badly. And in that moment, I realized that there was something about this that I didn't know. So I started to like join different groups and get coaching. And then I realized the thing I didn't know was business operation. Like I didn't even know that was a thing to know. So <laughs> this just tells me how stupid I was about it. And then I was like, all right. So I started studying business operation. I started, I, I was, I was, I would say like computers came as like a natural gift for me. Like I taught myself how to do web design. I taught myself how to like integrate and do all these different things with technology. Like it was like a natural gift for me that I had since like junior high school or something. So I understood that side of things, but I didn't understand how the technology worked with like the business processes and stuff. So I started reading all these books about SOPs and whatnot. And then I realized like, oh, the thing I knew about web design and these different softwares and stuff, 
they can actually help me if I take like the idea in my mind of, okay, I need to sell and just write that out. What is, what is the point from me coming in contact with a customer all the way to the end of that sale? And I write out each step and then I take that and put it in a computer system that can help me like facilitate this. And then I started to see, oh, this works together like that. Um, basically, from, from doing that, I started to realize, okay, I, I'm starting to get a hang of this business operation thing. When my husband and I started McKay's Music, everything that I basically took that year hiatus to learn about business operation came in handy. And so I think the lesson or the point that I'm trying to make there is, as a business owner, we feel the pressure to know everything, to do everything, to be everything, because we're quote-unquote the expert. But it's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know this. And so let me go ask a question. Let me pick up a book and read it. Let me watch a YouTube video. Let me first acknowledge that I don't know this so that I can learn it and that I can become better at it. And even when you learn it, you're not going to be the expert at it. So learn just enough to know who to hire to, to really be, like learn enough to know when and how to hire the right expert to help you do it. Yes. And uh, speaking of like the whole technology, it's interesting because I mean, you were gifted and you knew it since like junior high. For me, I didn't know technology until like age 40 something years old here because of me in the massage business for so long. Like I literally checked my email through my phone. Everything was through my phone and I never used a computer. And it wasn't until recent years that I learned everything on my own by myself, by watching those YouTube videos. And I would even ask my husband, who is an engineer, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, you're an engineer. I'm supposed to know these things better computers than I am. And um, so I had to figure things out on my own, but we can do it. Technology is it's, it's not that hard. Uh, as long as you just use it and you're going to fail sometimes like I did, and that's okay because it's all about the learning process. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. And about speaking about independent business operations, uh, consulting, like what are some common challenges businesses actually face during like optimizing either like workflows or how do you address, how do you address them? I think the most common issue I run into is the business owner. <laughs> uh, and, and that's going to sound so like, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I think a lot of times we're like, we're so stuck in the way that we do things that it's really uncomfortable for us to say, let me delegate this. So like, I'll, I'll give you this example. I have this one client I'm working with right now. Sweet lady has, her business is well over a million dollars. The thing that she's having a problem with is she literally still do everything on pen and paper. And I'm like, honey, you cost a mill on pen and paper. Imagine what you could do with AI. Imagine what you could do if we just took processes and put it in place. And she's like, no, I really like to have the personal touch. And I'm like, you don't have to give up the personal touch because you're now using computer systems and stuff like that. And I and I think that the thing I realize is when we're uncomfortable with something, we'll fall back on, oh, it's because I'm the best one to do it. And it's like, okay, you might that might be true. You might be the best person to do it. But what if we had like five above average people to help you do that? Like how much more can you not train them to be the best person to do it as well? And so I think the biggest challenge that I run into is the business owners themselves um like they want they get in the business we get in the business because we want freedom and we want flexibility but then we become employees of the very business that we started and then it's like oh i can't go on vacation and leave the business i can't be away from the business for two months 
And so we become like trapped in, it's almost like we build a cage for ourselves. And so I think the, to answer the question, the biggest challenge is the mindset mm -hmm. that if I delegate this or if I hire somebody to do this or I put it in the computer system to lose it, to do it, that somehow I'm losing or that I'm not, um, it's like, for example, the mother who sends the child off to school and it's like, but that's my baby. It's been home with me. And no, how, how does the teacher know when he needs to eat lunch? And it's like, <laughs> that's the teacher's job. And so yeah. it's like the the motherly thing of knowing when to let go so that you can grow. Otherwise, you stifle the very thing that you built. Yes, and that is a good example as well. Yes, let the child go and be off, you know, have the teacher help. You need help. So that way you can take care of ourselves. Like I notice a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they just say, oh, I'm busy, 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 busy. I can't do anything. They, they, they neglect their families and then they don't take care of themselves. And then they wonder why they're getting sick all the time. You know, um, not saying for myself, I, I actually got sick because my kid brought it home from school. Because <laughs> I make sure I take care of myself. Like I will cross everything out of my calendar. Okay, from this day, this day, I'm off. Done. Let's spend time together, family. <laughs> but like I was just telling you, unfortunately, I was sick. We were all sick during winter break. We're like, <laughs> so oh no! Sick. I think that that was that was a common thing going around Christmas. I had quite a few clients. Even it's like. My in-law came and they gave me their curves. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just going around. But yeah. Um, but praise the Lord that I'm better now. And I do want to talk to you about your Christian values because you express excitement about discussing topics related to Christian values, self-development, and business success. How do these areas intersect in your personal life? Um, I think when I first started out my journey as a business owner, it was really hard for me to figure out where my, like my Christian values fit in business. And so a lot of times it's like, I shied away from it because it was like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to like people to not do business with me because they're like, Oh, she's a Christian or whatever. And then I realized like, no, that that's an added value. And so for me, I it was it took a lot of getting comfortable with myself and getting comfortable with my belief system. Um, and then being like, okay, well, this is who I am. And so when you're hiring me, you're hiring all of this because quite honestly, a lot of what I do in, in my business and the way I build out my business and the way that I teach my clients to to like build out their business, a lot of it is really strategies that I take from the Bible. Like, um, and so it's like I realized this isn't something that I should be hiding or shy away from. And so the way that that plays into my business is on a day-to-day -day basis, my schedule is basically like around two things. One, my personal beliefs in terms of my relationship with God and two, my relationship with my family. So in the mornings, I don't do any meetings before 10 o'clock. And the reason for that is because my mornings are filled with a lot of personal and um, spiritual development things. And so, and even in the afternoons, like I'm not doing meetings after six o'clock because that's family time. And so being comfortable to put those boundaries up and saying, okay, I have to have something for me. I have to have a place where I can go and rejuvenate became ex like extremely important. And I figure, I, I see, and I feel like I'm a better business owner because I've learned how to embrace all of who I am instead of running away from it. Right. Yes. And I noticed I notice um, the Lord helps when you're struggling because I, 
for myself, if I remember when I first was starting to do my business and I was struggling with, oh, I got to get everything done. And then nothing gets done because I think that everything needs to get done all at once. And I would then take a moment, breathe, and then I would just pray. And once I pray, I felt like I got more clarity. And then I'm like, okay, I need just to step back a little bit, write everything down. What's the most priority, you know, and then go from there and then tackle it from there. But I noticed when I have that time of just sitting alone with God, I'm just like, I feel so much better. And I feel like I'm getting so much more, more wisdom, I should say. And I, that's why I'm like, oh, God, the Lord is the biggest tool. <laughs> creating business be definitely being divinely guided and having that faith and spirituality of, of, of trusting God is uh is my is my secret <laughs> in business you growth know, a lot of people like they look at the Bible and they're like oh it's just a spiritual book but it's like when you read the Bible you realize how practical it is like for example um there's a Bible scripture that says write down your vision and make it plain and right now in like culture, we're seeing this big shift of, oh, let's make a vision board. And it's like, you're literally just applying spiritual wisdom. And that's all it is. Like, write down your vision and make it plain. So when you're making a vision board, you're literally making your vision plain. And so it's like, when you when you go through the Bible and you start reading, you realize like, oh, this is practical. Lend and not borrow. Oh, what will happen if I lend and not borrow? Oh, financially, you'll be profitable. And so it's like, when you start to say, okay, let me take these principles and actually apply them, your life changes and the way that you do things and the benefits and prosperity comes to you because you're applying principles that have been proven through the, like through time over and over again. These principles have been proven to work and they will work for you because it's been there since the foundation of time, you know? Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's so true. It is. It's there. You should read it. <laughs> it's going to help. Um, now, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs or business leaders? When they're first starting, like, you know, they're just a little bit nervous and they're just like, you know what? What should I do? How should I start? I think in culture right now, we see this thing where it's like, oh, um, discover your purpose, figure out who you are. And it's like, it's not that deep. <laughs> and, and I don't say that to be rude, but I mean, it's the things that you've enjoyed doing since you were a child and you continue to do as an adult, that's, that's, that's what you like doing. And so if you can figure out a way to make a business out of what you enjoy doing, then the money will come, the, uh, the resources will come because you naturally believe in what you're doing. But I think it that's the first step. It's figuring out what do I like to do and can I how can I make a business out of this? The second thing is taking the time, like a lot of people skip over this because they think, oh, it's not that important. But really taking the time and going back to my previous comment, writing down your vision and making that plain, that thing will steer you and it will guide you literally step by step. Because if you, for example, say, oh, I want to open a hair salon because I really like doing hair, but I don't just like doing any kind of hair. I love lace front wigs. Like I like the process of creating a wig and putting it on on a woman and seeing her like the transition and like you, like for whatever reason, get joy out of that. And you're like, okay, well, I want to open a hair salon just specializing in lace front, lace front wigs, right? 
okay, well, that's the concept, that's the idea, that's what you want to do. But then what's the long-term vision? Are you looking to um, franchise this here salon? Are you looking to build a brand and then license this brand, this brand so other people who want to open a hair salon and want to leverage your brand for their hair salon can do the same thing? Do you want to say, oh, I'm going to scale this and then flip it? Like, taking time to write down your vision will help you figure out what's the long-term strategy. And once you have that strategy, it then starts to like, you can break it down step by step and you realize how achievable your goals are. And then also you realize like your financial goal, because that's a big thing to why a lot of people get into business is you want financial freedom. You realize that your financial goals are not that, they're not out of reach at all because you have a master plan on how to get there. Yes. And I think that everyone gets scared of the finances too. It's like, <laughs> people are scared of succeeding, I think, right? Um, uh, I, I think people are either fear of failing or fear of succeeding. And for me, it's like I, money's been okay all the time. It's never been, I've always felt like I've had an abundance and that's just maybe just my way of thinking. I, I always feel like I have an abundance. That's that's my mindset. So I have an abundance. <laughs> I feel like I'm not in a big house. I don't have a fancy car, but I feel like I'm rich, you know, <laughs> um, probably because I have a lot of joy in my life. And what I was going to go ahead and ask you, is there a specific mantra or something that you actually live by and that you would like to also share with our listeners? Everything is possible for he who believes. And a lot of people know that as a Bible scripture, but for me, it's been a life philosophy because I realized that if I believe that I can build a business doing X, Y, and Z, I've been successful at doing that because I, I like it to the core of my heart. I believe it like, I have done some of the craziest things and had some of the craziest experiences because I simply believed I could do it. Um, and the other mantra I will think this one came to me actually over the last year is whenever it stops being fun, stop and figure out why. And if you can't find a way to get the fun back in whatever you're doing, stop doing it. Um, because otherwise you're wasting your time. I love that. <laughs> yes, don't waste your time. If it, if you're not having fun, then you're not doing it right. And then, you know, have to make it fun somehow. And if it's not working for it, like you said, don't do it. Don't waste your time. I love that. Now, where can our listeners go ahead and find you on social media? What is your website? Please do share. Uh, so they can go to Grow With Key. That's my website. Um, social media. I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you can find me LinkedIn at Grow With Key. That's, I have um, what I call the Keys to Grow newsletter that I publish daily on there. And so that's the place that I'm, I'm the most active at the moment. Wonderful. And is there any last words or thoughts you'd like to share? Thank you all for listening and thank you for having me. And my final thought is everything you want and desire is literally on the other side of comfort. Right. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Key, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you for having me, Dina. This was an amazing conversation. And thank you again for the opportunity. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. 
And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.